Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Short White Coat Syndrome, a PA student podcast. I'm your host, David Cooper, and I'm here with my co-host, Brett Barnes. Hello, everybody. Alright, so this podcast is for pre-PA students, PA students, practicing PAs, or simply anyone interested in hearing more about the PA profession. And today's episode is a real treat. We're going to be talking about uh, interviewing during the PA school season, so interviewing for PA schools and what that process is like. As always, check out our Instagram page at Short White Coat Syndrome. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, simply just email us at shortwhitecoatsyndrome at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy. All right, so while we get into this, Brett, what are your uh, what were your thoughts when you finally got your first interview? Because that process is just so lengthy and you spend forever on your CASPA application and you just submit the submit the application you finally get those emails saying hey come for an interview yeah i think it's a it's a little bit of a mix between like relief and then just heightened anxiety because you just filled out the CASPA you spent a whole bunch of money on applications and then you sat and waited around for an entire summer just hoping someone would offer you an interview right so when I finally think that I got my, my first few interviews, uh, I remember being pretty elated, but then I remember saying to myself, hey, wait, we're not out of the woods yet. This is only like, you know, we're halfway there. So, you know, the interviewing, like getting that email, it's half nerve wracking, but also half relief. Yeah, no, definitely. I I just remember along the whole process of getting into PA school, even now, everybody keeps telling you the hardest part is this, the hardest part is that, the hardest part is getting in, the hardest part is getting an interview, the hardest part is submitting your application. The, the hardest, hardest part, part is, is all of it. It's <laughs> all of it. There's no easy part to it at all. Absolutely. So I think that for me, it was such a stressful thing uh, to finally get, get the interviews because you've worked so hard and you're like, man, I have this one 15 minute conversation that makes or breaks my career essentially um and looking at it that way might not always be the healthiest i would say but uh, that's definitely how i initially initially saw it but i think the interview is a is a great tool to have and is a, an important thing for a lot of application or for a lot of students to be able to express who they are and for pro- pa programs to truly determine who you are so what what sort of a format have you found is kind of common during pa school interviews yeah, so I think when I uh, interviewed, uh, what was it, back in 2020, would it have been then? I think uh, uh, 2019. 2019, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so old. back then, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, schools were mostly doing a combination of either like a traditional, you know, they'll do like a one-on-one or like a two-on-one style interview with a student. Maybe you do two or three of those uh, as well as some, some other things. Or they do like what's called a... MMIs, so multiple mini interviews formats, uh, which a lot of people find stress when you hear the word MMI. Uh, but hopefully we decode some of that stress and make things a little bit more calming uh, than anxiety provoking. But aside from that and those traditional uh, interviews, you know, when you go to show up on your interview day, usually you'll meet with the program, you'll see the facilities, You'll get a general talk, usually from like the program director or one of the you know clinical uh, or even didactic professors. Uh, a lot of the times, financial aid will come and talk to you about certain things, uh, which is a very important to to take keen uh, ears to. Uh, you'll usually get a tour of the facilities, see everything that they have. Uh, you may get a chance to meet current students. 
um, you know, I think some of the best times that I had was talking to some of the current students and, and their perspective on everything. Uh, and then diving into more of the meat of it, the, the real serious part, you know, you may have a writing exercise that you have to do uh, on a simple prompt uh, or a complex prompt. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you'll actually have the interview, and that's where you know it comes down to those MMIs, or it's the more traditional, you know, maybe one or two two-on-one style interviews. Uh, but usually the whole thing is, you know, a minimum of like three hours, and you know it can be anywhere from you know six hours, eight hours plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I actually went to one that was a, a couple days long. Honestly, that it sounds was, horrible. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it was kind of cool because it was one of my first times out here. Um, I won't name the program, but <laughs> it was uh, it was cool because uh, the first day they kind of just showed you the place. It was very relaxed, and then the second day was the actual interview itself. So it was kind of all that that stuff we talked about with the financial aid talk, meeting faculty, meeting students meeting you know what what does the facilities look like and then the next day was was sort of that interview process but yeah I would I would also caution students and just want them to be aware of the fact that most I, I have never heard of a PA school funding your interview if they do that's pretty awesome but you you will have to pay for a lot of those uh, if if they're in-person interviews I know things have sort of changed now in the world of zoom um, and and in a sense that is kind of nice because you don't actually have to see the you don't have to fly out to certain places and you can be flexible you don't have to take time off of work which is a lot of things that brett and i definitely uh, were, yeah. were doing I, I remember taking multiple uh thursday fridays off to to be able to fly out east coast um from the west coast to uh to go to these interviews so definitely something to make sure that you financially can plan for as well because there was definitely a point where I had uh, $0 and <laughs> was trying to make this all work. So Yeah, that's one thing that you, you don't always think about. You always get hit with the bill up front about the application costs, uh, and then you kind of say, oh, well, I've got to bite that bullet. But you never really think of, oh, I applied to this country or this uh, program across the country. Now I have to get there. I just have to get there. I usually have to get a hotel, you know, food, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So uh, especially when you're applying to these programs, Think about those things in the back of your head and how you'll you'll feasibly make it happen. Uh, because if you put an application there and you get a interview, you know you don't want to just say ah, I'm not going to do it because I have no way of getting out there. Right? That that would be a little bit of a waste. Yeah, Brett, what's what's sort of your thought on now? Like the addition, a lot of PA programs are starting to move over to Zoom meetings instead of actually in-person ones. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it's uh for me personally. I don't think I would like it as much. I enjoyed my interviews as much as I could anyway. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I talk to people, that's the best way for me to explain myself. And usually a lot of it's from the interactions we have face-to-face. -face. With Zoom, you, you get that kind of quasi face-to-face. -face, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it would necessarily be the same, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not showing up there in my suit and tie and, and trying to impress you. Um, it's, you know maybe I'm sitting on the, the couch in my boxers and just mm -hmm. a shirt and tie on the top. You would never yep. know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I get the practicality because then there isn't any traveling costs. It's probably easier on the, the faculty that, that interview you. And it's probably a little bit less nerve wracking for, for students. So I get the benefits. I, I truly do. I think it might've just been a little bit harder for me to convey who I was mm -hmm. uh, if I had a Zoom interview. Yeah, I, I think I'm a little old-fashioned in the sense that I like the in-person interviews. And I think for me, it's because being a West Coast applicant coming out to the East Coast, 
I wanted to see what these places were like. What's the area like? What's the school like? What does the facilities actually look like? Versus on Zoom, you can kind of gauge it from like those virtual tours and whatnot. But until you really see it and you step foot on the ground and you experience what it looks like there, I think that that made or break a lot of decisions for schools for me because I, I remember interviewing at some schools and their facilities were just not not up to the the standards that they definitely showed on their their um, website matter of fact their school website can definitely do my wedding photography because <laughs> it was that awesome but then the the place itself did not look like it at all it's night and day contrast so I think if you are going to do zoom interviews which likely is going to be the case in the future make sure that you do check out the campus make sure you do see the the facility in person before making a decision like that because you got to remember you're going to spend the next two three years of your life and maybe plant seeds and roots down in in these in this area or whatever area you're at so making sure that you're aware of what what the what the place is actually like what it what it looks like in person so yeah that's a good point i mean i think i didn't even realize how much the facilities uh swayed my decision in going to a school uh until i saw a couple of different schools and saw what they brought to the the table and then seeing you know the schools that really did you know put into a lot of their program what they had physically uh compared to others so it is definitely uh, a huge benefit if you can see the campus yeah yeah i would agree so um, moving on to that, you know, you get your interview, you check out the place and you kind of decide, is this going to be a good fit for me? Uh, that, that is multivariable. You know, what, what is the, the mission of the school? What do the faculty support look like? Do the students seem happy, as happy as a PA student can be? Um, you know, what, what are those aspects? So, you know, weighing those in, in yourself. But then there's the actual interview. So what was, did you prepare for your interviews at all? Did you just go in winging off the cuff? What, what, what were your, what was your approach to that? Yeah. So I have a, a terrible habit <laughs> of winging a lot of things. Uh, but I will say this, when it came to my interviews, I, I did practice uh, a little bit. Uh, so it wasn't rehearsing lines. It wasn't anything like that, but it was collecting information a lot of the times about the program, reading into their mission statement, uh, seeing what kind of student they wanted or you know, seeing where they kind of looked at their program uh, as like what they brought to the table. Uh, so it was a lot of that, and even researching odd little things like the history of the profession uh, and how it started and where it started, um, because some programs will ask you questions like that. Um, so you know, did I sit there in the mirror and, and practice questions and things like that? No. Uh, did I look up the possible you know high yield questions that most programs will always ask you on on interviews that yes and I had many ideas of what I would answer these questions and a lot of the times I would go to these interviews and my answer would change because depending on the day I, f I would feel a different way and, and uh, my responses were genuine and they were true uh, mm -hmm. but why I wanted to be a PA you know there were many reasons and any given day it could have been that oh I wanted this reason more than the other mm -hmm. um so it was very much like I had a, a stockpile of ideas in my head about what yeah. to talk about, uh, you know, going into the interviews. Um, but there is a lot of a lot to be said about, you know, having strategies in mind on, on how to approach things because uh, it's an uncomfortable situation. You're going to be uncomfortable at times. So sometimes you have to know those those tactics and those strategies to to kind of handle yourself and, and not get overwhelmed in the situation. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you in, in terms of researching the school, too. Uh, that was something I, I definitely did in my approach to every interview. I tried to become familiar with the unique things of that PA program specifically. So, you know, uh, do they have an emphasis on diversity in, in their faculty as well as in their student body? Uh, is there hospital affiliations, affiliations with other medical programs? Uh, do they have a preclinical experience? That's something that drew me to Quinnipiac was that they, they had that, you know, their teaching model. Is it a program or system-based learning? You know, what sort of learning model do they go by? I know there was uh, one program that I checked out over in the West Coast and they actually had us sit in on a, a class and interact and be a part of it and uh, take our prior medical knowledge and use that during the interview. And it was really cool to see that because they were like, this is our learning model. This is how we use it. And I was like, oh, that was really unique. I really liked that they kind of literally showed that to you. Yeah, they threw you into the fire before you even started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did. Uh, so I, th I think those are all important things to remember when you're um, – in, in your interview is is to, to you know research the school know wh who you're who you're gonna go see because if you're just gonna go in and wing it and they say hey why why our school and you're like oh, I don't know your your U.S. ranking is number eight like they're gonna be like nah he's done you know that's like the kiss of death right there so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah caring about the rankings uh it it comes yeah. a little bit um you know, if you read the PA, like, um, you know, boards, chat rooms, things like that, people always maybe bring that stuff up. Um, but you have to remember that it's PA schools voting on each other. Um, so it's not like it comes from any crazy important place of, you know, power that ranks these PA programs, um, you know. So, you know, when you go into an interview, maybe don't drop that. I want to go to your school because it's one of the top 10 in the nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely avoid that answer if you could. And you also talked about, you know, sort of not being off the cuff, but having an idea for your answers. And, and that's something I did, too. I, I didn't want to sound rehearsed in any of my answers at any of my interviews, because if you go in and you sound like you just memorized a script, they, they don't want a robot. Nobody wants a robot for a PA. Nobody wants a robot for a student. You, you got to be a well-rounded character at the, at the end of the day. And so that involves, you know, having a personality, having a bit of a flair, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, and at my interview, I would try to crack jokes, not, not probably the, bad ones, probably bad ones. <laughs> and probably nobody thought they were funny, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think that it's an important component to definitely add into the interview is making sure that you word things in the way that not only you want to word them, but in a new and organic fashion. Because if you sound like a robot, the schools sniff that out. Remember, they, they interview hundreds of people every year. Some of these people have been interviewing students for years, and they, they can sniff out when people are, are just scripted and they don't sound natural. And that's really what it comes down to, is being, being natural and true to yourself at the end of the day with an interview. Yeah, and I think you, you make a good point. Um, you can over prepare for mm -hmm. these interviews mm -hmm. and if you're sitting there practicing with a friend or you know whoever of, of these answers to these questions you know you're gonna start to get that rehearsed sound um and that's maybe why i avoided it a little bit too much you know i'd look over a question and i'd say hmm, what what would i say to that and i'd devise up my kind of thing maybe i practice it out loud once and then i'd move on mm -hmm. right uh, but if you, you know, practice an interview, you know, every other day, even, you know, once a week, stuff like that, you, you may develop kind of a rehearsed, uh, you know, I want to be a PA because, you know, X, Y, Z, which can get a little bit mundane. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're, there is 
some merit in practicing for me uh, a little bit about your answers. You know, if you're going into your first interview and you are like, ah, I'm just going to wing why I want to be a PA for the first time when I'm there at the interview and not think about it, not, you know, try to do an answer or do a mock interview with a professor or somebody that you know, then then that might be uh, might be a little risky in my opinion. And I, I think Brett would agree with that. But yeah, I, th- I think at the end of the day, you know, having that, that organic conversation is really what a lot of these PA programs look for. Yeah, that may actually be a better use of your time is just kind of trying to have a conversation uh, you know, with a professor or something like that about why you want to go into this field or something like that, something mm-hmm. that is not, you know, planned out or really structured, uh, but just find a way to organically bring your thoughts to light uh, in the form of a conversation because mm-hmm. that way it's going to be a much better interview process than if you're trying to recite uh, your reasons and why you're there. Yeah, um, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, now, kind of transitioning a little bit because – for me, uh, prior to my interviews, especially since I was traveling a lot, did you travel a ton for your interviews, Brett? Yeah, I, I drove around a little bit. I uh, I actually mostly interviewed only in places on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, so I think the furthest drive I made was down into New York City from upstate New York. So I think it was about, you know, three, four hour drive, um, you know, with all the traffic and weird things like that. Um, but I didn't, you know, have to fly anywhere or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had some terrible travel stories. So, you know, I, I could do a whole podcast on my East Coast to West Coast flights because they're all just messed up every time. But, yeah, it, just making sure that you, you take the time to, to plan accordingly to for, for your travels. You know, obviously, if you're going to go to an interview and it's a six-hour flight or something, you don't plan that within hours before the interview. So don't have, like, your flight landing at – one o'clock and the interview's at two or something. Yeah, uh, you you definitely want to make sure that you allot for some time. Try to get there maybe the day before, or a couple of days before, if you can afford it or be able to do that. For me, it was usually just getting there the day before. But I I attach actually a checklist to to this episode. Um, it's gonna go over uh, just the basic um, some basic things that I liked to uh, do before every single one of my interviews. So a few of them just to name them was like a dressing up nice obviously you don't want to go in in sweats and a hoodie that's probably an instant rejection in my opinion but uh, I think how you dress is actually kind of an important important thing because the the first thing that they're going to see is you right so if you if you come in with you know a half tied tie that's and then like a an all-white suit for me that probably would be a bit really bad look so you know making I, I kind of like that <laughs> I think you should you should do that I should just wear that for every podcast episode now <laughs> Yeah, I I think that for for me I tried to stand out a little bit with with how I dress because everybody tends to dress a very similar way for their interviews. I kind of did this weird. Uh, it was a mental thing for me, but I wore the color tie of whatever school I was going to. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so when I interviewed at Quinnipiac, I wore a blue tie. When I interviewed at other schools, depending on their colors, I would wear that tie. I don't Ooh. know if it played Ooh. anything into it. We got you in here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that because for me, I always stuck with a red tie. I, I had a gray suit and a red tie. And funny enough, I don't think very many people had gray suits. Uh, I was one of the I, very I few. Did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, good thing we weren't at the same interview because <laughs> I think they would have only picked one of us then. True, true. Um, but my tie was always red because I wanted to be bold enough to stick out a little bit. Um, so, you know, just just tiny things like that. Obviously, don't go in an all plaid suit if you can't pull it off. Some people can. I personally couldn't. Um, so just being 
mindful of that because if you look good, you feel good, you're going to present yourself well. And that's an important thing going into an interview because they're, they're nerve wracking. So um, I won't go into the whole whole checklist, but you guys feel free to check that out. I'll, I'll attach a document to this episode. Yeah, too, it'll that. be in our show notes. Um, and then for me, when you're actually in the interview, kind of transitioning a little bit into that, I would answer my questions in a very simple format. I would say I would tell them what I'm going to tell them. I would tell it to them. And then I tell them what I just told them. So that, that sounds a little confusing. I think that just confused me. <laughs> so I call that the David Cooper method, right? That's uh, why it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But so, for example, if you were to ask me, you know, what, uh, what's your favorite color? I would say, well, my favorite color is red. The reason why I like the color red is because it's bold and it is something that I embody in my character. I'm a bold person. So that's the reason why I think the color red is an important color for, for me to, to carry on my tie. You know, so something simple like that. So if you could kind of dissect that answer simply for that, probably don't use that in your interview. But, you know, I told them I like the color red and I probably should have said red tie, but I like the color red. I said why I like the color red or used it as an example or a story or context. And then I just told them and summarized it up simply. You know, it's it's a very simple sandwich method that I think helps you have some organization when you answer these questions because I think that that was something I was like where do you start because you could just start out by like word vomiting a story and then not coming to a conclusion and be like where was I going with that so it keeps you a little bit put some guardrails up for you while you're answering questions but um, that's just something I thought but uh, Brett's going to kind of go through some questions that we we came up with that were very common, very high yield that we were alluding to earlier uh, during all the interviews. So when you, when you're at your interviews, you're going to get asked a lot of questions and I, I would encourage you not to go out and buy all these resources and materials that say, memorize the answers to all these questions or like the 500 questions you just got to know because at the end of the day like we talked about you're not going to sound organic you're not going to you're going to sound like a robot you're going to have an answer that 400 other students are going to come up with and what we want from you is to have an answer that is unique to you an answer that's unique to the faculty an answer that's going to stick out at the end of the day so uh with that i'll start with uh we'll have brett start with the first question here yeah, so uh, probably the first question you'll get asked, no matter what, aside from maybe what is your name, uh, is the question, so tell us who you are. Tell us about yourself. Uh, and that was always one that gave me some uh, anxiety because I'm like, oh, I've got like two sentences to describe all of me. Um, but again, you want to keep it simple, sweet, to the point, uh, highlight some important things uh, maybe that you were involved in. You know, me personally, you know, if I was asked the question, I'd say something like, oh, you know, my name's Brett Barnes. I'm from uh, upstate New York, a place called Rome, New York. I went to undergraduate at St. Lawrence University, uh, which is practically in Canada. Uh, and then I moved to Rochester, New York, where I worked uh, full time as an EMT while I did some some other fun, you know, classes and things like that. Uh, and that's just a good way to open it up. It gives them a little bit of a basis to go on. They know where I went to school, where I'm from what I did uh, in between undergrad and PA school. Uh, so it opens the door for further conversation. But if there's, you know, other little interesting things about yourself that you want to throw in there, uh, that's the time to do it. You know, things that might not fit in other places in your interview. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with Brett on, on that. And 
maybe we should start a dating podcast too here soon. <laughs> but like it, it essentially it essentially comes down to that, right? You have to come up with topics uh, that you you got to sell them. You got to sell them on something about yourself. And that intro is kind of a good way to kind of get that snowball going. You talked about being an EMT. They're right away. They're going to have some interest in that. They might go off of whatever script they have of questions to ask. Start asking you about being an EMT. So that is definitely something I I recommend, and I, I like that. And that is one thing that you see with a lot of uh, places is the interviewers are given a script to follow, but a lot of them deviate from that depending on what you say. If you say something mm-hmm. that interests them, they're going to dive into it. I remember I said uh, during one interview. Uh, that I was interested in critical care medicine. And it just so happened to be that my interviewer uh, worked in an ICU. So we went into an entire tangent, uh, you know, probably for about, you know, a good three to five minutes about uh, critical care medicine. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that kind of boosted his view of me. So, you know, a lot of this stuff, it doesn't have to be scripted. So not let's not make it scripted. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's at the end of the day, they have you there for an interview because they want to know who you are. And this is your chance to tell them who you are. So literally when they ask, tell us who you are, just tell them, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's simpler, it's simpler for us to say that now. But it's something I would strongly encourage. So. And, uh, you know, going into another question, uh, this is probably the after your name and after, you know, who are you, you're going to get this one. It's why do you want to be a PA? Uh, so it's incredibly broad. Everyone hopefully will have a slightly different answer. Uh, and like I said, this was the question for me that changed, uh, you know, on, on almost every interview that I went to. There were certain things that I would bring up that, that were the same, um, but it would change depending on how I was feeling or, you know, what I went through the past few weeks leading up to the interview because I had so many reasons of why I wanted to be a PA that I could dive into and I could sit there for probably 20 minutes and talk about why. And I think it really was just the passion uh, that I talked about during this question, maybe not even the content uh, of it entirely, that kind of made people understand why I wanted to be a PA. Uh, It was because just after one thing, I'd say, you know, I would be able to dive into another. So I think when you get this question, you really have to think about, you know, why you're here what interactions have you went through in you know your previous medical experience or or in your life at all that made you want to dive into this career Mm -hmm. Uh, because this is where you get to show your true passion this is where you get to show why you want a life as a pa Uh, and it is you know quite possibly one of the strongest and most important questions that you'll be asked during the interview yeah and and to to piggyback off that a little bit too you your passion is so important for that and it's so so paramount to why why you want to be a PA right you've already answered this question you've answered this question hundreds of times you just don't even know it people have asked you that on your jobs people have asked you that while you're writing your personal statement you've you've had to answer this question yourself this is one time where I really encourage you to dive deep and to be a little vulnerable Uh, that was a part where uh, there was a few times I, I, I would never cry in an interview. I, I don't know if I'd recommend that, but I got, I got impassioned about it. I, I got impassioned about why I wanted to be a PA. And I talked about some past experiences I've had in the medical field, my past experiences working in the medical field that really drove me to know that this is the right profession for me. And if you don't know the answer to that, then you're, you're kind of in some hot water to, to get going with your, with your interview. So Yeah, and I, I also want to point out that it's okay to have 
an evolving idea of mm-hmm. why you want to be a PA. Uh, it can change. You know, some people have those interactions in life where things happen and you say, now I have to do this. Now I want to do this with my life. Um, but maybe you don't have that. And maybe, you know, as you go through things in your mind change and you say, yeah, now that I see, you know, what these PAs do or things like that, or how I saw this certain PA interact, uh, that can all build into your basis and help evolve your, your answer to that question. So if you don't have a definitive answer right now, it can be something that that's evolving and growing. And it likely will. My reasons of why I wanted to be a PA has changed now that I'm in PA school. Um, So, you know, just think about that. It's, you know, hardly in life are we ever static. And this question probably Mm. shouldn't be static. Absolutely. I I like that. I think I think we can stop on that right there. That's (laughs) that's that's a good point. Uh, And diving into our next question. this is a another really good one and it it brings a lot of insight into who you are or where you see yourself it's uh, where do you see yourself in five years so when they would ask me this question uh, this was another one that gave me kind of a hard time because I, I would think man in in five years after I you know recent PA grad what would be my first job I was working in EMS I was like I'd, I'd have to be in in an ED right like <laughs> I don't know anything else um, but if you get if you got into this profession with a goal, this is your time to tell it. This is the time to say, I want to go into XYZ specialty to do this, that, and, and then. You know, this is where you talk about, oh, I want to graduate and I want to get involved in research. I want to get involved in the education side of uh, being a PA. I want to get involved in, you know, advocacy and leadership. These are where, you know, you can say concrete things about yourself that also brings in another conversation. You know, you can bring up the fact that you want to be involved in the AAPA and that'll, you know, change a lot of the course of of the conversation that you have. Uh, And make sure that what you say is stuff that you actually believe in because you most likely will get questioned about it. Like I said, when I brought up the ICU, I was, you know, that was what I was passionate about and I was fully prepared to talk about it. But had I just offhandedly said that I wanted to be in an ICU thinking that my interviewer wanted to hear that, I would have been in some hot water. Um, So this is a time where you can really think about yourself. And and it's a little bit nice because it's kind of, you know, you're thinking about, you know, what's my best life? Mm -hmm. And and what does that look like to me? Uh, And so there's a lot of fun that you can have in, in working about with this this question. Yeah, and, and probably avoid saying, you know, I have fat stacks of money and a lot of status and power or something. But this is a question I, I did have a little bit of fun with personally. I, w- I would always allude to, like, maybe having a future pet or, you know, like, oh, I'd, you know, live near a beach or something like that. But in reality, this is a great question to to really, again, like our, our what we talked about with the first question is to open up a little bit about yourself. Have those, like, other conversation starters say, yeah, I could see myself in a hospital. I don't know what capacity at this point, but I really like the teamwork environment there. I really liked working with nurses, physicians, uh, PTs, OTs. I liked I liked having that all at your at your disposal and working together as a team to collaborate for good care you know that's a that's a great way to put that into perspective and say this is why I see myself here in five years and uh, and to build off of that and that really can spark some good conversation too during your interview uh, and then another one is 
what are your strengths? Um, so this is one for me that was probably the hardest interview question I would ever get. Uh, because I have no idea how to explain my strengths. Well, and like nobody likes to brag about themselves, exactly. really. And that's the hardest thing. Unless you're an egotistical maniac, but yeah. maybe it should have been easy for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the biggest thing is, is um, I actually got a question at an interview, and it was, "Tell me how one of your friends would describe you." And that actually, that perspective helped me understand, you know, how might someone else look at me and say what my strengths are. Uh, and that kind of helped me a little bit in, in deciding what to do um, for this question. But also, you know, you want to think of something that happened or, you know, maybe there's something that, you know, you went through that could be evidence of that. You know, if you say something like your strengths is, you know, your interpersonal skills, you know, you want to follow that up with saying, oh, you know, well, at work, you know, if you're an EMT, I was working with another partner and we had a, a misunderstanding and, you know, after the call, after everything was done, we sat down and talked about it and we worked it out. You know, that provides evidence for your strength. Um, so, you know, with anything that you do, you want to provide good uh, kind of evidence and a strong support of, of why it's your strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good point to just have a story behind it. You know, back your claim with a story, with evidence. And that takes us into a really good aspect for the next question. Yeah, because it's what are your weaknesses? And, and with this one, I, I, I encourage you not to dodge it. Don't be like, oh, I don't have any weaknesses or my weaknesses, I'm like too caring. You know, <laughs> like those are those are really softball, really weak answers to that question. This is something where you can really be be philosophical to yourself. This is where I encourage you to f- know thyself, essentially. And this is where I will, simply how I'd answer it for myself in, in the scenario is that I know I have trouble slowing down and taking care of myself. Like I, I am so, so busy, uh, you know, in, in my work, I'm so passionate about it yet X, Y, Z, some of those strengths you can turn into your, can, can become a weakness for you. Sometimes your, your strongest part of you can become a weakness. And so recognizing that is, is a problem, like recognizing that you have that has a problem and knowing how you address it and, can can really make this a a strong point for you and and can really win over a lot of people because you can go into saying that you know i i have this issue and i recognize that it's a problem and i've tried to take care of myself better or i've tried to do this xyz to to improve on this and uh so now i i've learned to do this example or that example as to be uh, better at my weakness and it shows a growth mindset which is what a lot of interviewers look for Absolutely. Uh, and then this question, this next question, uh, it's what is a PA? Uh, that's one that you're going to get all the time. I would strongly refer you to go listen to our episode with William Kolhep. Shameless uh, plug. <laughs> <laughs> as the, the conversations that he brings up and the, the insight that he has is incredible uh, as a former AAPA president, as well as president of almost every other PA group out there. Um, but also, you know, go on to the AAPA and actually look at the history. They have an entire page dedicated to the history of what is a PA. Uh, so that one really should be an easy one for you to be able to throw all the, the information out there that they're looking for you to know and, and be familiar with. Because uh, mm-hmm. they don't want you just to say a PA is like an NP. Do not say that. Yeah. <laughs> don't say they're practically a doctor either. That's not, that's never a great answer. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then moving into the next question, 
uh, you know, it's going to be tell us about a time that you had a conflict with someone and how you handled it. Uh, you know, again, reiterating back to that strength question that I said, you know, having a, you know, experience and where, um, you know, things kind of went wrong or how, you know, things went right. Uh, this is where you, you need to have a little bit of that that evidence. And you really do have to think about it because you want a point uh, that proves that you're able to see a conflict, address it and handle it in a constructive way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they don't want you to say, you know, stuff like uh, we got into an argument, but then we we hugged it out and it was OK. You know, that that doesn't give much depth into what happened. But, you know, saying you know, oh, we had a constructive conversation about X, Y, Z that needs to change to make sure that we work better or, you know, different things like that. And it's a really broad question. It can be just about anything that you want it to be. Uh, so really look deep into your past interactions with people to see, you know, some conflict and and how you handled it. Yeah, I was asked this probably on every single one of my interviews. Uh, I don't remember a program that didn't ask me about it. And I think this is a good point to really emphasize your maturity and handling conflict, which you're going to come across all the time in your career as a PA and even as a PA student. So, Yeah, and this next question, it's uh, why do you want to go to our school? Mm -hmm. uh, another one that gets asked on just about every single interview. Mm -hmm. um, we talked a little bit about uh, how you can best go about this when researching, you know, schools and things like that. So, uh, you know, I would I would suggest you look at places, mission statements, what's important to those schools, because they should line up with what's important to you. You know, it shouldn't be about their ranking, their pants rates, um, you know, things like that. You know, if their school's on a beach and you want to be on a beach, you know, m maybe we can leave that part out. Um, but, you know, it should be stuff like, hey, your program really is committed to uh, community service and, and, you know, leadership and things like that. And that's what I want out of PA school. I want to grow in that kind of way. And naturally, your school fosters that. And that's why I want to be here. Uh, so look at their kind of uh, mission statements or what they bring to the table and, and match it up in, in your eyes as well. And that was another another thing I would add to for people that are from out of state or whatever. You're going to get asked a lot, too, about why Connecticut, why Massachusetts, why Florida, why Kansas, you know, and having an answer as to why that specific state is also a good thing. So make sure, making sure you research that. For me, I, you know, from Washington to Connecticut, that's quite a move. I got asked that multiple times as well. And, and for me, I, I definitely had... Uh, a good answer for that in the sense that I really wanted to come out here. The The medical system is, is different for me uh, out here. There's a lot of great hospitals. You're networked with Yale, XYZ. So having having some good answers to, to why you specifically want to come out to the East Coast is another important point. Uh, and, you know, another one is why should we choose you? Uh, so this is another one where you kind of have to look into yourself and look at the future a little bit you know what will you bring to the program or what do you want to get out of the program and how you'll best fit because that's what these interviews are really about right it's it's how you best fit into their program uh, so maybe come up with two to three reasons you know with a small story of of why you're a good fit again if it's a school that's really involved in leadership you know say oh like I've been involved in this sort of program with, you know, doing this leadership. I was maybe president of this and, you know, I got a taste of it, but I, I want to bring that into my PA profession. You know, those are, those are things that, again, show the school that, you know, 
you're a right fit for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then that just takes us right into that that last that last portion of of uh, you know not only why you were why they should choose you but then this is your chance to be like why why should i choose you guys you know with mm-hmm. the question yeah exactly yeah it's a it's a good good question to to have in the back of your thought because naturally you're going to have to have that hard conversation that that decision um and then the last question you're going to get asked is you know do you have any questions for us and this is a really important one because this is your time to kind of pick the brains of the interviewers um you know you never want to s- just say nope i'm good and walk away uh, unless you really don't like the program and just want to leave. Uh, but I would advise against that. Uh, you want to say something that really, um, you know, shows that you're uh, invested in this program to some degree or that you want to learn more. Um, you know, you don't want to ask stuff like, you know, how long are your students in, you know, class for or things like that. But you want it to be deep, you know, maybe something like, you know, um, what is some tangible things that you guys do for students to support them during the didactic year or things like that, you know, stuff that really shows that you care about um, your own learning moving forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a great way to come in prepared, you know, knowing to ask some questions. Um, with that, I think the, the, the important component, uh, you know, there's a lot of areas to the to the PA school interview. And uh, there's just a few other points that we're going to kind of touch on briefly here. Uh, one thing I, I'm going to kind of talk about is is ethical questions. So you'll get you'll get asked a lot of ethical uh, questions on your rotation, you know, or not rotation, but you're <laughs> I'm in rotations. Uh, you know, you'll get asked these on on your interviews and they're going to be some sort of ethical scenario. You know, you have a patient with X, Y, Z variables. Do you treat them? Do you not treat them? Do you go behind their back and treat them? Do you vaccinate? Do you not vaccinate? A lot of these uh, sort of ethical scenarios. And uh, I would uh, have you just kind of like look into a little bit of just some basic. I, I want to do some hardcore Kantian ethics research mm-hmm. and read all the, the deep levels of uh, Plato and all that stuff. I would just say, you know, kind of always veer on the side of doing no harm to the patient, thinking out loud your thought process when you are answering those and explaining what you would do and why, saying, I would do this because I think this would benefit my patient the best without doing harm to anybody else. I don't think it's right that we do this, and that's why I would do that. Um, and having some, some sort of evidence or claim as to why you would do that. And then always one thing I would emphasize, too, is explaining you know why uh, or that you would consult your supervising physician and your other team members because you are a team at the end of the day, and that kind of rehones in the point that you are a team player as a PA student and uh, hopefully eventually a PA so yeah and I would I would point out you know go do some research a little bit onto like the the medical aspects you know they usually have you know four pillars you know you think about autonomy beneficence non-maleficence and justice um, and you can do a lot by just having a rough understanding of those mm-hmm. things with these questions you know, sometimes when they pose those questions to you, there's not always a right or wrong answer. They're looking for your justification. Uh, but other times there are, you know, there may be a clear right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the times they're looking for just kind of your thought process throughout the entirety of the thing. Yeah. And, and also I would, that kind of leads to a good transition to the essay really quickly. So you get, you get an essay uh, prompt usually at your, your rotations. And let me, let, let me give you guys a little secret. 
They're just making sure that you can write English in an adequate way and practice as a PA. Not every program might, might do that, but that's what most interviews I've experienced have, have shown me. And actually, that took a lot of pressure off of me when it came to writing these essays. Because a lot of these essays, you're like, oh my gosh, if I don't you know, write the specific exact thing and have perfect grammar and oh how do you spell the word conscientious uh, I don't remember you know like you're gonna freak out you're not gonna finish your essay prompt on time uh, so I would just say you know write a quick outline during the essay um, be quick be concise and check your spelling and grammar you know nothing too too crazy you don't have to write the next Shakespearean novel or anything like that we're just they're just checking to make sure that you can write and that you're adequate uh, you can adequately write as a PA in the future so. yeah and a lot of the times they give you that ethical dilemma question things like that mm-hmm. um just take a deep breath write exactly how you feel and write clearly uh, that that would be my best kind of uh, suggestion for the essay portions because most of the time they're not make or break yeah absolutely um and then that kind of just takes us to the last part probably some people will have this interview experience i didn't i was very fortunate in that but brett you you went through something called the mmi which is multiple mini interviews can you uh tell us some tips about that and what what kind of is is that yeah so if you've never had the multiple mini interviews uh essentially it's like speed dating for an interview um, but you usually have six to ten interviews um, that are, you know, roughly ten minutes, maybe less, uh, of time. What happens is you get stationed outside of a door. There's a prompt hanging on the door. Sometimes they let you read it before. Sometimes, you know, a buzzer goes off and they tell you to read it. Uh, but they're various questions. A lot of the times they're ethical questions. Sometimes they're personal questions, you know, why you want to be a PA, things like that. Um, but it's incredibly nerve-wracking for a lot of people because it, it's just so structured and so weird and so foreign to all of us to just enter a room for 10 minutes, try to you know, verbally regurgitate everything that we're thinking, uh, and then leave and hoping that you made a good impression. Um, so my, my recommendations for this would be definitely look at a couple MMI questions. You don't have to go all out and find all of them and, and work through them. Um, but there are a lot of them that, that give you good kind of, uh, you know, ideas of what they're going to ask. You know, there's going to be ones about ethical dilemmas. Uh, there's going to be ones about, you know, conflict resolution. Um, you know, these are things that you should be aware of that they can ask you and, and probably will ask you. So I would recommend doing a little bit of research like that. Um, but then, you know, aside from that, it's still the same type of interview that we've went through before. You're still just explaining yourself and, and taking it one step at a time with each question. Hmm. Yes, that's good. I, you know, and I, we, we wish we had enough time to cover every nuanced topic of the interview. Um, we just won't. We really won't at the end of the day. Uh, but we hope that this is ho- some helpful advice for you guys to take home. Uh, in in process and be able to you know listen to this while driving to your interview simply or you know on your flight just to kind of have some some ideas or, or how to approach the interview but with that I think we're just going to close with uh, one one last thing of what what Brett do you hope to take away do you want your audience to take away here from from interviewing so one thing and and this is something that I tell uh, students that come to Quinnipiac well uh, applicants that come to Quinnipiac on the day of their interviews or even the night before their interviews when we do meet and greets. Um, you're here to see if this place is the best fit for you. And that's the purpose of the interview, right? It's for the interviewers to get to know you uh, and then f- 
determine if you're a good fit in this program. If you're getting interviews places, you know, you're more than likely going to become a PA and you're going to become a great PA. Uh, you know, a lot of the times it's not life or death depending on where you go uh, as long as, you know, your head's in the right place and you want to do great work as a PA. So try to be, you know, not so nervous. You know, if the interview doesn't go well, take a deep breath. It probably went better than you think. Um, and so that would be my, my kind of hint is that, you know, you're just looking for the best fit for you and they're looking for the best fit for them. If it doesn't work out, then so be it. Life will move on. That's great. That's great. And I'm just going to close with saying that, you know, a lot of people say be yourself. And at the end of the day, that's why you were there. That is why you're at the interview. And just tell them that, you know, stick stick out a little bit. Let your freak bag fly a tiny bit. You know, be be unique, be you be interesting and tell them what brought you here and why you want to be a PA. Tell them who you are. And at the end of the day, that is really what helps you get into PA school. So with that, that concludes our episode on interviewing. Again, thanks to Brett on his insight for this process, and we hope it helped out. If you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, email us at shortwhitecoatsyndrome at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at shortwhitecoatsyndrome. This is a production of the Quinnipiac Podcast Studio. Thanks to Evan, our producer, as always, for helping put this together. Keep breathing.